Jumped right in front of the net. Uh, back to Eichel chasing after it. Oh, and he steals it away. He keeps it in there. What a play. Here's Eichel to the shot. He's from start to finish. Right here, goes down, tries the are back it is the lonely end of the ring podcast what's up buddy just uh you know me in my head i guess right steve six foot six still still up there you know what i've i've actually lost a quarter of an inch according to my doctor from back uh crushing of discs in my back so there you go uh, i don't um, I, world news exclusive here i don't remember what the picture was but i was i was flipping around on twitter and it was another writer it wasn't you had a picture of a scrum you know, a player scrum. And I called my wife over. I'm, I'm like, Tammy, look, you see this giant head sticking out of the scrum? I'm like, that's Adrian right there. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been a Patrick Waugh scrum from Las Vegas. I, I might have, I might know the one you're talking about. Uh, I looked like 28 feet tall. Yeah, that's really yeah, funny. In front of yeah, it sucks. It's great being tall when you're young. I think it sucks when you're older. If that's, that's my, uh, that's my, uh, you know, notes. On the on being tall. Well, we took my. It's great when you can be 18 years old, dunk the basketball, and tower over people. And then when you're like 52, your back hurts. <laughs> you can't dunk anymore. Well, I've um, always been short, so I wouldn't know. But my daughter went yeah. for her 18 month checkup today, and she's suddenly in the 85th percentile for height. Wow. But I think it's Good a little her. bit. I think it's a little bit of a statistical <laughs> fluke, because. Hey. I think she did. They just caught her at the end of a gold growth spurt because she's been pretty consistently in the 60th percentile, which is still pretty good. I think her weight that could get you a nice. That could get you a nice basketball scholarship, though. Take take some uh... basketball. Get out of here. She's yeah. gonna be a gonna be a gopher or something, you know? Oh, okay. Right. Basketball, hockey. Yeah. <clears throat> she. We just watched. Yeah. E- we just watched every single Sabres playoff goal of all time, and after every one, she goes hockey goal. <laughs> after every <laughs> single that, one, like fourteen goals. Uh, it's about twenty of them. There's like six or so they didn't have. But by the way, I don't know if I've ever told you this. Do you know that my father filmed the 1975? Uh, Stanley Cup Finals between the Sabres and Philadelphia. Oh Flyers yeah, for it, yeah. He was at the Fog Game here, or yes, he yeah. filmed the whole thing for NHL Films. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so, yeah. like, is that his work that you always see of the overtime goal, or was that a different? Yes, that's him. Yes, oh, that's is. so cool. I, we just watched that's that. My father. Oh, that's really cool. I literally just watched that uh, less he, than an hour ago. Yeah, he he. If you watch the highlight show from the NHL production still that they still show occasionally, yeah, you'll see my dad's name right on it, Alan Dater. Oh, that's um, very cool. So, yeah, I know, right? I 
I didn't know this until like a few years ago. In fact, um, I can't really prove it because it doesn't have a marking on it, but my father says he got the final puck on the ice after the Flyers beat the Sabres in game oh, six. Oh, in game six. Oh, that's cool. So I, I think I have the final puck from the Flyers' last Stanley Cup, which is probably worth some money, right? It's got to be. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's becoming like the Red Sox, you know, curse or something. Um, so, but it's just a plain puck. It says made in Czechoslovakia. <laughs> yeah, and, it's uh, too bad now. It. It's, it's not like now when that someone's about to hit a historic home run and they swap in these special baseballs, right, so that they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, every NHL playoff puck now has like a, a logo of the NHL on it and whatnot. But um, I think it's maybe for the only the finals, but yeah, they have finals on it and stuff like that. So no, not back in those days. Black puck, that was it. So we're going a little old school today. We're going to have a guest in a few minutes. Uh, we've been planning this for a bit. Uh, Mike Carrington is up to his old tricks. Uh, this will always be the case with him. He is uh, having a a war on Twitter with Sabres fans. That will always be the case. Um, and we're going to kind of have a little debate with him like we did last year. Adrian will be here to kind of moderate and give his opinions. And we plan on switching the tables in the new year and uh, bringing a rival in for Dater to debate Avalanche topics with. I know that's essentially the whole point of his other podcast, but just as we assume there's Avalanche fans overlap, there's got to be Sabre fans overlap and national fans who that would be interesting too. And maybe we'll do some other teams too, but... um. We'll see how it goes. Adrian, what are you doing? The dishes? Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I uh, I did have a dish here real quick, uh, but I'm I'm silent now. So sorry okay. about that. Yeah. I uh, I just I have to do all the cooking in my household. Um, so I have to like multitask a lot, you know. So I see. Are Apologies you, for that, listeners. Are you ready for the holidays at the uh, Dater household? Uh, no, not really. No. It's the 21st. Oh. Dude, when you get past 50, it's like, oh, my God. Just another just another day. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. Grinch, right? I'm sorry. Sorry to be the Grinch, folks, but. Yeah, I don't think it has anything like, to do with being 50. I mean, I have plenty of relatives who are over 50 that still enjoy Christmas. I think you might <laughs> need to reevaluate that assessment. I bet most of them are, like, nice old grandpas and grandmas, though, who like to see that, you know, kind of life is... Now I can really relax. When you're caught a cop between still, kind of a working man and, and uh, you know, having to all of a sudden prepare for this massive holiday, it gets a little uh, stressful and just tiring. Well, here's our I'd thing. Say. This is the thing at our house. They don't change the date. It's the 25th every year of December. So as soon as Halloween's over, we start preparing and spread it out. And then there's yeah. never a rush. We don't do that in Dater households, so. Yeah, well, that's maybe why you don't enjoy it as much. We... <laughs> so, yeah, I'm looking forward to Harrington, man. Yeah. This it's going to be like Ali, Frazier, and, uh, you know, round three, I, so round he, one at least. He got really mad at me. I'll give all of our listeners a preview why. So, like, like most years with the Sabres in the last ten, they're terrible. Everyone knows this. There's nothing interesting about them at all. So, Mike Carrington, whose job you know depends on people caring about the Sabers, has started a war against Jack Eichel this year, 
And I kind of called him out on it and said that it's a work, that the only reason he's doing that is because he's the only possible interesting thing about this team. So if Jack Eichel isn't constantly coming out of Mike Harrington's mouth, no one cares what is. Um, and that was a really hard argument to articulate on Twitter. Um, so I think he got a little offended and he he said, you know, that he's not fake. Because I, I equated it to wrestling. Uh, but what I meant is is that he's creating a storyline uh, that that needs to exist for him to create the interest he's looking for. I mean, what else is interesting about the Sabres? Nothing. For Avalanche uh, fans, the Ryan O'Reilly trade is interesting, right? How's Ryan O'Reilly doing? Well, I'll give it to you in one word. He stinks. Wow. So I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this podcast. Yeah, so we're going to take a break in a minute. Uh, we're going to get a mic on with us. We'll battle it out with him. That'll be fun. Uh, and then Adrian and I will be back after that just to say Merry Christmas and goodbye and set up 2018 of the, re- of the rink. What's that? Yeah, you're gonna be. You are gonna be respectful to Mike, though, right? He is a- oh, I'm always respectful to Mike. I like Mike. Yeah. I, I think yeah. he's great at what he does. But yeah, we just disagree. You guys that's have all. A good, honest debate. Yeah, and I will. I'll be in the middle for sure on this one because I can go both ways on this. So. Yeah, no, yeah. I have nothing but respect for Mike. So. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Well, so why don't we don't... take a break? So you can finish your burger or whatever you're eating, and all then right, we will be back. Uh, on the other side of the interview to, uh, to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and to get us out of there. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Mike Carrington. All right, we are back, and we are joined tonight by another Buffalo native, so two out of three from Buffalo, Canisius College grad. He's been covering the Buffalo Sabres for the Buffalo News for a long time, and he also writes my all-time favorite newspaper column, the Inside the NHL column in the Buffalo News. That's how I learned to read way back when I was three years old because someone told me there was stuff in the paper about hockey, so I had to read it. Uh, A warm, lonely end of the rink. Welcome to Mike Carrington. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how am I supposed to say uh, thank you for that opening? You know, I mean, you uh, you must be <laughs> trying to soften me up for later on. But uh, much appreciate the return invite, and uh, uh, good evening to you, Mister Dater, as well. That's what it was, Mike. It was a softening up of the uh, you know tenderizing you a little bit before he puts you on the grill. I I, I sense you know that the meat is going to be on the griddle is what I said. Oh yeah, but, but uh, thank you. For- <laughs> While Adrian cuts out there, I can jump in. Uh, and, and you got, Mike, you're still doing a hell. We got some of it there, Adrian. Look, at, this is a 7-26 and 26 yeah. team or whatever. So I think for the most part, uh, Mike, it's going to be hard to disagree that much, right? I mean, how many different ways can you slice 7-26? and 26? It depends. I mean, I, I, it, yeah, it depends if I'm in a disagreeable mood or not. <laughs> well... How much do you how much do you send me over the edge, Steve? I mean it's all gonna it's all gonna be relative. I tried to go back on your timeline and write down some tweets that I really disagreed with, but the problem is 
is I went through about 350 tweets and I was only back four hours. So I was like, oh, <laughs> this isn't going to work. I'm just going to have to go yeah. by memory. All right, so let's let's start here. Let's start with this. Keep in touch with his fans, Steve. What's wrong with that? No, it's it's great. It it's great for everything except trying to look back five days. You know what I mean? That's you know, and it is one thing too. Is I also you know I'm chiming in from time to time on baseball, and I mean people forget that uh, the one thing I love is when I chime in on college basketball, and you get people on Twitter saying stick to hockey, and they don't even realize <laughs> that I spent. You know, I spent 15 years covering college basketball with a top 25 <laughs> voter, so once in a while you get to stick to hockey. He's just kind of entertaining. Everyone has to be told to stick to something, I guess, right? Right, right. Right. All right, so let's start. Let's start. I mean, if this was a, if this was a boxing pay-per-view, it'd be a little weird to do it this way, but let's just start with the main event. And I hit you with something on Twitter that I think offended you a little bit, and I apologize by that, but it's sometimes the the limit, even at, 200 and whatever characters it is now, 280, I think. Uh, it's hard to, to say what you mean. But I do think that I my perception of, of your Twitter persona is that you absolutely do play up certain points and, and, and storylines for the sake of interest. Like, I don't think you're as genuinely down on Jack Eichel as you pretend to be. On Twitter, I just don't buy it. I think that the only possible interesting thing about this team is Jack Eichel. So if you're not talking about him, what are you going to talk about? And I think that you're right. very well, smart think, in playing up to that. Yeah, I don't think I'm – yeah, I, I think one problem with Twitter, like you say, is it's hard sometimes to get interpretation. It's hard to delineate tone if you, as opposed to if you were talking to someone. Um and your impression is already what the issue is. I'm not down on Jack Eichel. The difference is what people don't understand is that Jack Eichel is the main guy on this team. He's the main guy that dates all the way back to 2015 and the whole tank season. He's the guy who's going to be analyzed and dissected more than anyone else. We're not going to spend a lot of time dissecting Johan Larson. So Jack Eichel is going to get the lion's share of the attention, good or bad, all the time. And when the team wins and is fighting for the Stanley Cup, it's going to be because of Jack Eichel. And when the team is terrible and fighting again for 31st place, it's not going to be because of Jack Eichel, but Jack Eichel is going to be a factor. And he's certainly a factor this year where you have this, you know, alleged superstar on a team that is, far and away the lowest scoring team in the league that has 34 goals, I'm sorry, 47 five-on-five goals in 34 games, that has a terrible power play that he hasn't scored a single goal on all year. He has 11 goals. He had a brilliant hat trick against Carolina. There's no other way to describe it. So that means he had three goals in one game. That means he's got eight goals in the other 33 games of the season. He's, you know, 60th in the league in points. I mean, it's just he's a nice player. He's nowhere near. Oh, come on. He's a lot better than nice. Come on. Nice player. Come on. He's better than nice. He's a nice young player right now. That's all all he is. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Scoring team in the league. Okay, good. You know, so that's the thing. He's a nice player with an unbelievable amount of potential. 
and he's in his third year in the league. It took 175 games for him to get a hat trick. It's the only game this year he's scored more than one goal. He's not alone when I say he hasn't been good enough. Well, I mean, Matthews only guys. has one hat trick, right? Right. I mean, how I many hat tricks are you supposed to have? I mean, that's a that's a strange I, I would, that's a strange criticism. What? How many hat tricks are you supposed to have? He won 175 games before he had one. All right, well, Matthews had a hat-trick in his first game and hasn't had one since. Hat-tricks aren't the the thing you tally great players on. Either way, I want to hear you guys argue some more, but then let me me get my two cents in because I know about guys who've been good players on bad teams and and vice versa. So let me – you guys keep going, though. uh, I'm sorry. Well, I want to ask this – I want to ask Mike this because he brought it up, and it's something that I haven't been able to figure out. How did this team go from first to worst on power play? Like, what happened there? Well, I, I think there's two things that happened. The first thing is they did, at the start of the year, change the scheme and change the personnel, and that was a mistake. And that was because the power play coach they had is now in Minnesota. You know, I don't know if Bob Woods left on his own, he was from there, or if he was not retained by Housley. I don't know exactly how that went down, but that was clearly a factor. And the other thing is, you know, there are some vagaries on power plays. You know, there is, you know, there's a certain element of puck luck to it, both pro and con. There's an element of puck luck if you become number one in the power play, and there's probably an element of puck luck at the bottom of the thing, too. But, uh, you know, they have no goals from their defense, Jake McCabe is the only two defense goals all season. They have no goals from Eichel in the power play, and he himself has admitted he's he's just not hitting the net enough. He's getting enough shots, but that one time or too often is going high and wide. That's a factor. Uh, they've done much better in my mind on the power play lately, the last six to eight games in terms of in terms of zone time and control of the puck and entries. The the, the scheme is getting better, but they destroyed a lot of their momentum in games on power plays with negative momentum. And the shorthanded goal situation was just, yeah. I mean, it's hard to even describe giving up eight shorthanded goals. So that really is a huge factor in the entire season why this team has really taken a huge step backward. You shouldn't go from first in the league on the power play to 30th in one year, basically with the same players. And some of these guys are elite talents, Eichel, Kane, you know, Ocpozo, O'Reilly, Ristolainen, these guys can score and put the puck in the net. <clears throat> All right, now we do have Mike on record calling Eichel an elite talent. We got nice nice player and elite talent. Um, All right, there's no doubt about it. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. He has, to, he has to be a star. He has not been a star. That's the bottom line. And what's going to – you know, and the funny part is somebody – I'd love to give him credit. A fan said this to me on Twitter the other day, and he's right. Eichel's a bargain right now. At nine hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, next year at ten million, he's a bust. He's going to have to start playing like a ten million dollar player next year. Okay, I okay, sure. That's that's fine. That's fair. I mean, I don't care about their contracts. I know me and Adrian fight about this all the time. I don't pay them, you know. So I, that's just not something I think about you much. You have to care about the contract. But, but you should, Steve. No, look at Eichel's. Steve, you gotta, you gotta. You got to care about the context, because that's where the team's treasure is being put into. 
that that comes with responsibilities and, and investment return. But when it comes to off, when it comes to uh, Eichel though, hold on, hold on. When it comes to Eichel though, he was absolutely getting an extension, and that was the going rate. So whatever the money is, what the money is. You're, it's never going to be a mistake to have given him well, that money. He has to play to that. He has to play. He has to play to that million. Nathan McKinnon's making six point seven million right now, or six six point three. Right, so and if Nathan if, rather, if Nathan McKinnon had to be extended tomorrow, how much would he get? That's what he did. That's his extension number. When was he extended? Yesterday. Last year, this past summer. Okay, and how did he? It was based on a player that we talked about last year. Not being seven years. He. he but he signed it one year too talent, early, right? He's still a guy. Who, he's still a guy. It doesn't matter, you know, about the talent. You know, it's, he's oh, he's got elite talent. I mean, he won a Calder Trophy his first year. First of all, Nathan McKinnon. So that that that's worth something, right there. Yeah, now no, Nathan uh, McKinnon's. Yeah, hey, he's one of the best players in the league this year. I mean, he's dazzling. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But he's already earning his money already after he got the extension. Good luck to Jack Eichel if he's putting up these kind of numbers and he's making ten million next year. He's going to be just booed right the hell out of Buffalo for sure. Well, and keep in mind next year, let's put Jack Eichel at ten million dollars next year. Next year, and this is something people forget: Jack Eichel next year is going to be making more money than Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, more money <laughs> yeah. than Alex Ovechkin, more money than a lot of big name guys, See, but, and he right. cannot put up these kind of numbers. See, I, this is why I hate this discussion, though. This is why I hate this discussion. Like, look at NFL quarterbacks. It's just about when you sign the deal. That's it. I mean, look at all the guys who make more money than Drew Brees and Tom Brady this year. It's just about when you sign it. Right? When, right, well, when, when McKinnon signed at the same time, and he signed for 6.3, and now he's earning it. Um, he's, his next contract won't be until... 2022-23. Right, um, I bet he wish he didn't sign it. Well, maybe, but uh, you know, at least he's going out there and earning it, and uh, he didn't drum out, he didn't fire a coach whining about his about his contract uh, to get to get a certain coach out. I mean, well, let's look at it. This Jack Eichel did not get a coach out because he was whining about his contract. Well, hold on, hold on. Here, here's a question. Oh, that's what, exactly what he did. Wait, Jack Eichel got you him. Answer, he got him fired because of his contract. Okay. Steve, you need to, Steve, sure. you need to answer this question. Sure. All right? Yep. Here, here's a question for you. It's very simple. All right. Throw out tanking, throw out contracts, throw out whether Eichel was involved in being ousted or not, which we know he was, whatever. Is Jack Eichel playing well enough for you this year as you watch these games and watch this team struggle to avoid last place in the league? Is Jack Eichel playing well enough for you? He has not played as well as I would have liked him to play, no. Like, if I look at all, all three right. years, if I look at all three years, I think the first year he exceeded expectations, despite how huge they were. I thought what I got from him was better than I could have thought based on his age and his talent and the pressure and all that. I'll give him an A-plus for that. Team, and the team improved. Yeah, and yeah. the team improved 27 points. All right, so yeah. I'll give him an A-plus for the first year. Last year is hard because... Obviously, he doesn't play till what was it, mid-November, late November. Um, but right. it, it wasn't quite as good as the year before, probably overall, but still very good. B plus, A minus. And this year... And he, he was 11th in the league in points per game last year. Okay, yeah, B plus, A minus. I gave him a really high grade, yeah. right? Um, so yeah. two really, really great seasons. And this season, I think he's had a below 
that level of a year. Yes, I, I'll admit to that. But I also don't think that like yes, – I mean that's the problem. But I also don't think it's that much of a problem though because I just I – don't, I don't know. It's like like Drew Brees – I don't know why I keep saying Drew Brees. He's my favorite player I guess. But he had a season where he had 19 picks in his run with the Saints. But then the next season, he had four, got in through for 5,000 yards. Like, superstars some ha- sometimes have seasons that aren't quite as good as you think. And I also put a lot of the blame on this discussion, on the power play. I mean, if Jack Eichel had half yeah. the power play points as last year, I don't know if we're even having this discussion. Like, what happened to his uh, power play points? He hasn't. He, he, he's responsible for a lot of that. Yeah, he's, he's 50% is, of that. Yeah, the hat trick thing, that was a brilliant effort. That's you know he's not going to score goals like at all time, but we don't even see that kind of passionate play that we saw from him in that game nearly enough. There are too many games, too many shifts where he's just a passenger. Right, and inconsistency, inconsistency. In yes, inconsistency is absolutely the biggest yeah, strike I mean, against he him. He has been better, but yeah, and he has been better the last six to eight games. You're starting to see a lot of that skating like we saw last year in his rookie year. He's, I think he's definitely coming on. And he's been better, but he's got to start putting the puck in the net here, and that's a big issue right now. But I think he can do it if he keeps, you know, playing the way he has. I mean, he's trending upward here, and some of these guys still aren't Sam Reinhardt. Right. Um, but you know, right now, you know, it's not going to be good enough if Jack Eichel finishes the year with twenty-two, twenty-three goals. That's just not good enough. All right, let's, Mike. Why don't you and I take a break and let's and let Adrian just tell us from Colorado what his overall impression of Jack Eichel is. Just go ahead and lay it out, Adrian. What do you think of Jack Eichel at this point in his career? Oh, boy. Oh, goodness. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Adrian. Adrian. What happened? What? What is going on with your connection? I don't know. I'm right here. I have Wi-Fi. Can't you All right, well, you know what? You just came back good, so just start over what you were saying again because now you just came in good. Okay, I've got perfect Wi-Fi here. I don't know what the problem is, but can you hear me now? Yes. That's perfect. All right. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I'm mostly on Mike's side on this because while I agree Eichel's been really good, talented players, done some good things, this year is is it turning into a now, now disaster, and this is the year he – forget about his actual salary this year. This is the year he actually got the big money, right? He's got the big contract. Um, this is the year where we – well, we heard about how, you know, he needed a change. He, need, he didn't. It was the coaching, you know, the system. Well, he's got his new system and his new coach, and he's, he's actually worse than last year. Uh, so uh, great talent, great – Great skill. It can get light, just light your eyes up with what he does at times, like that hat trick against Carolina. But uh, when you talk about 60th overall in scoring, with I don't think it's that low. Get, I think it's like 48. I, I didn't realize that he uh, had no power play goals this year. I mean, to, to me, that I didn't know that coming into this podcast. That's that's shocking. I mean, I mean, God, you got to get one by accident sometimes. You know. Yeah. Not good enough, Steve. Not good enough. He's not living up to the uh, the, the hype right now. And uh, um, you want the big money, you get the big expectations. You know that's why you get the big bucks. That's that's the bottom line. And uh, not not good enough yet at all. I, I think you've admitted that, Steve, that he's uh, uh, underperformed this year. So that's great that you're on the uh, I think it's even 
even more than that. I think he's having a, you know, a deleterious effect on what's going on around him. I mean, this guy Holy has been a loser. Deleterious. Yeah, I barely know what that means. I barely know what that means. I'm going to have to disagree. Uh, you guys crack the <laughs> dick. I know Mike knows it. Steve's still I know. To, still, Steve's still getting around to uh, Roger's part one. Right. But, uh, <laughs> listen, I – just kidding, Steve. Right, right, right. Uh, I just – look, uh, put up or shut up, man. You want $10 million a year, you're getting – Three point seven million more dollars per year than Nathan McKinnon right now, who is like creeping up on the league leaders in scoring. Um, uh, bad team too. He's playing with you know, Colorado Avalanche coming off one of the worst seasons in NHL history last year. Um, he's he's taking the bull by the horns and yeah, there you go. There's a nice cliche and 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 doing doing work this year. Um, you run out of excuses after a while. Oh, it's the line mates. It's the coaching. It's the system. Maybe after a while, it's just you. All right, let's let's talk about the line mates for a second. Mike, you know you were being disingenuous when you were tweeting that he was dropped to the third or the fourth line or whatever you said, right? Uh, I was not being disingenuous. Come on, on the third Mike. Line Mike, come on. You he know was on that the third line. What do you want me to say? He was on the third line. That's not disingenuous. People say I was doing that intentionally. You he were was on the third line. I was not. I was not the only person who reported that, Steve. The only had Times Herald did, NHL.com did. He was on the third line. What do you want me to say? So what line is he on today? He's with Gergensons and Reinhardt today. What line is that? Uh, that's a, an interesting question. We, we were having discussions at practice today if that was the first line and the second line. The line, that Jack, Eichel, the line that Jack Eichel is the center of is always the first or the second line. Always. Uh, not that day it wasn't. Yes, it was. That day it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, yeah. people got on me for that, and I'm telling you, everyone covering practice that day reported the same thing, and I have no idea why the hell everybody jumped on me for it. Well, because you're the only one. Who, you, you, you are that do. guy. You're the guy that it, it gauges like that. Well, you know what? When people see other media reporting it, why the hell are they jumping on me? Well, I'll, I'll, who is the guy from NHL.com? I'll jump on them. I'll jump on them. Who are they? Let's get them on. I mean, like, I'm talking to you. I'm not talking to the NHL.com right. guy. But, if I was talking to him, know, I'd and, say and the, the same thing. thing. Everyone's complaining about it. Nobody's there except us. I'm the one sitting in the rink watching it. <laughs> and what does the so third line do? What is the th- me saying you don't know what you're talking about? None of them are in the rink. And the other media is reporting the same thing. <laughs> so what do you see from a third line that lets you know it's the third line? What is it that happens in the building? The other thing is, the other thing now is this is a month ago. I don't even remember who was playing with who that day. Obviously, he changes the lines every other day. Right, I don't remember I mean, either. I don't even remember. You'd have, you'd have to give me the combination. I don't now, remember. Now, the other, thing is, the other thing is the numbers. The numbers here, Steve, I got them reverse. We have to be right about this. He's Eichel right now is uh, it's, it's 45th in points. It's 60. Uh, well, now it's a tie with seven guys. So it's tied for 62 to 74 in goals. It's 45 to 49 in points. So I just had points and goals reversed. But obviously still. Okay, we'll get know. to goals in a minute. We'll get to that. Let's finish, the top, let's finish this line thing. I want to know when you're in the building, because you were the one there, what happens on the ice that tells right. you which line is third and which line is second and which line is first? Because the order they do the drills in. The, the order they do first. the drills. Well, the first line goes first. Like, I've been to a lot of hot... Okay, the first line you can usually tell. 
because uh, they play first more. Line goes or first. okay, so if the second line needs a water break and then they take a knee, so the third line goes and the second line. Do you ever get confused? No, but like that's not what happened. Oh, okay, that's it was not just what they rotated through all day perfectly. One, two, three, four. Yeah, that's what they do. That's that, how it works. That's how practice goes. That, if you were a reporter and went to practice, you would know that. Well, I've been to thousands of hockey practices. That's how it works, Steve. Again, you're barking up my tree on this point from a month ago when all the other media reported it. Well, I just think... I don't know what you want me to say. It was my opinion that day, and it's my opinion today, that whatever... And it bared out in the game, by the way. I mean, when they played the game, his line wasn't the third line. So, so Dater, Dater, you missed this point. Here... Here's what they did. Well, I got it. He, he, he's on the third line of practice in the morning. Yep. So all the media goes crazy. Jack's on the third line. Looking that night, they put Jack's line in the warm-up first. They make sure to have the radio reporters say the lines aren't numbered. They have the team television show <laughs> say, oh, the lines aren't numbered. And they hand out, they tweet out the lines and they hand out the line sheet, making sure to put Jack on the first line. When mm-hmm. Jack had been on the second line in the line sheet for like several weeks before that. Yeah. So they all com- completely went conspiracy on us in the wake of everything the media reported. And again, like I said. Well, what about in the actual play of the game? When you watched the game that night, what line did you think he was on? Well, let me let me answer quick. All right, Steve. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, I think you're both. I think you both got a point here, but but Mike's right in the fact that you know if it was the morning skate third line, that's that's the line going into the game. Now, did they tweak it during the game? He got more ice time all of a sudden. Yeah, there was Sabres a lot of power play time that the night. Sab- so the Sabers didn't want to get embarrassed by putting them number three on this line sheet, which, by the way, is a new thing in the NHL. Teams pan out these line sheets, which is great. I, I think they're great, but. They're fake news, um, by the way, can, though. They've always I, have I been. The, I can see the Sabres going, oh, wait a minute. We don't want Jack Eichel listed third here because that'll that'll kick up Harrington and stuff. Um, right. But uh, and they, they, they the hand it out, and they're the accurate skate, every night. If you're on the third out. line in the morning skate and you're third and you're playing with guys who are considered third liners, then, then that's that's what happened. I mean, that happens to great players. I mean, well, then I guess got put on the fourth line here. I guess he's on the fourth line right now. I guess Eichel's on the fourth line right now because he's. Yeah, Steve, I don't think it matters though what, what first line or what game. I mean, we all know Jack, but Eichel's a first, a top six forward. I mean, right? That's that's the bottom line. Right, and I think that's what everyone was saying to Mike. He might have got demoted for one game, and in that case, Mike's probably right, but he wasn't going to stay that way. All right, let's you move know, on. Sam Reinhardt's been on the fourth line for several games. You would agree with that, right, Steve? Yeah, that's what I just said. So I guess Eichel's on the fourth line now. Because he's with Reinhardt and Gergensons. No, because they switched all the lines today. Okay. So we were discussing is Eichel on the I, – I, we, we were saying is Eichel on the second line because they put Reinhardt up with him because they put Kane with O'Reilly. So we were kind of – because, again, as you watch the drills, those were the two lines that were going first in the drills. Eichel's line and O'Reilly's line were at one end going first and second in the drills. That's how, you, how, that's how it operates. All right, let's and move on. And time reflected Reinhardt's fourth line, too. All right, let's move on to the next thing. You mentioned uh, goals, where he ranks in goals. Okay, Connor McDavid won the MVP last year, right? What was his goal to assist ratio? Like, why is that so important to you? Like, the, the media in general. Not... he had 37 goals last year. He had 37 goals last year. Who did? 
Is Eichel going to have 37 goals or anything close to it? Wait, who are we talking about? McDavid. McDavid. Pronouns, pronouns, pal. I got confused there. McDavid had 37 goals. Okay. How many assists did he have? 63. All right. So he's like one to two. Like, why is that? Like, what does it matter? What? Like, why? Why was it such a problem that Eichel started with? Like, when he was a point a game the first 10 games and most of them were assists. Why was that such a problem for you? Like, if he if he's coming down on a two on one and he freezes the goalie and gives. Steve, you can't score 20 goals. Steve, you can't have it both both ways. Well, hold on. You know, you can't say, well, he got seven goals but 14 assists, so the ratio's the same. No, that's a terrible year. You know, it's still a terrible year. No, it's not. My point was, like, watching those games, like, Eichel comes down on a two-on-one, he freezes the goalie and passes for a backdoor tap-in on a two-on-one, and I go on to Twitter, and it's like, I'd really like to see Jack shoot that. Why? You'd have to give me the example of what you're talking about. I mean, about I can see the play. I can see the play in my mind. He's coming down. If they score a goal, because yeah. you're, if they score a goal, I'm not going to say I'd like to see Jack shoot that. I'd say I'd like to see Jack shoot it when they didn't score. Show me a goal where they scored where I said, gee, I'd like to see Jack shoot that. You can't, Steve. You're making it up. It's fiction. The narrative in the first 10 or 12 games in the season was all about how he doesn't shoot enough. And he didn't. That's true, right? And he said he didn't. And the numbers said he didn't. But the production didn't say That's that there was any That's problem. That's what it was. That's what it was. He's the top player on the team. He wasn't shooting the puck enough. What's the problem? Well, the problem is he was producing. So why is why was all of a sudden him producing and via assists? the team assist? wasn't winning. Well, they've never won since he's been here. Well, they're supposed to win because that's the way it was sold. That as soon as Jack Eichel comes, Stanley Cups parades plan the thing, and they can't even get close to the playoffs. Well, I think what so was that's sold the whole point. All right, I think what was sold was that if you get Jack Eichel and you combine him with all the picks and prospects that this team no, has, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. yes, revisionist history. Did you listen to the radio one time during the 2014-15 season? Probably not. Yeah, definitely not the morning show. Definitely not the like at six a.m. Well, that's the problem because too many fans in this town did, and they got sold a bill of goods. And Jack Eichel got put in an untenable spot by the way it was presented. What he would mean when he got here, and ultimately, you know, this was not not about Jack Eichel. Remember, this was all about Connor McDavid, and this would have been different if they had gotten Connor McDavid. Because I will forever say, in I still I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock would have been the coach of the Sabres if they had won the lottery. We literally created a word yeah, called no Mc, McEichel. We created Mike, a word. Mike Babcock would have been in Buffalo. Mm. I, I can yeah. tell you that firsthand. It changes everything. It changes everything if they had won that lottery. The reason everyone was happy when they finished last because they were going to get, like you say, Steve, they were going to get one of the two guys. Right. That's what it was all about, getting one of the two. It was but, all about one of the two. But, it wasn't about one of the two for Terry Pagula and Tim Murray. It's no. not Tim Murray's reaction after right. the lottery. It's it fine to prefer one. McDavid. It's fine to prefer one, and McDavid was the best of the two. That's fine. But don't that's try last, to tell me the whole thing the wasn't about time, both, though. It was, was about both. Time, that was the only time Ted Black refused to talk to the media ever in the entire time he was president of the team was the night of the lottery when we went to talk to him after they lost, and he backed into an elevator and waved us off. That's how disappointed and how disconsolate the organization was. They did not get Connor McDavid. That's what it was all about for the Sabres. 
they didn't get it. Well, it wasn't all about that for everyone else who follows the team. We created but literally created a word to, but, to talk about both of them. It was always about we have to finish that, last because we definitely right, get that both. That was created. That was created by talk radio. That wasn't what the team was doing. The team did not. The team sponsored a Connor McDavid junior hockey game and got twelve thousand people to come. When is the, when's the last time the Erie Otters have been at the arena playing a game since? Well, they haven't, never, but Jack Eichel played here as well that year. Jack Eichel played here in the All-America Prospects game. His right. team wasn't brought in. Well, BU wasn't coming. You, they weren't going to get BU here. Right. So that And, and he was well, there already. They didn't they need to get the BU. They Otters because they were trying. Again, Steve, 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 you continue to bring out – you continue to make revisionist history. No, I said this from the there. start. I said this from the start. I said this the second well, it happened. A fan, and that's what the fans said. And we have made the point over and over again. This was a, for the organiz- for the fans. You were right. It was about one or the other. For the organization, it was about Connor McDavid. Period. And that's fine. But the, the organization uh, should understand odds better, right? We were only one of four to get him. So, for, so they they didn't understand odds better. Apparently not. I mean, it's pretty basic, right? I mean, it's pretty basic math. They had a twenty some twenty four percent chance to get him. Seventy-five percent chance not. Whole, that's why I was against the whole tank because you had a seventy-five percent chance of not getting the guy they wanted. Well, I was a hundred percent for it because they had a hundred percent chance to get one of the two, which is what I wanted. Well, but that's but you but you don't run the organization. They do. That wasn't their goal. You're missing the point. That was not their goal. Their goal was to get Connor McDavid, and then they could get Mike Babcock to be the coach. That was which which which. Let me interrupt with that. And it, be careful what you whisper with Mike Babcock. Um, he's 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 pretty wildly overrated in my opinion too. But uh, but there's no question that McDavid was the guy they wanted. And and Steve, okay, every Steve team is, wanted way, McDavid. Every team Steve, wanted McDavid. One thing uh, my half of my teammate Steve, uh, Mike, and um, I love you both. So uh, Steve Steve is Steve is more than a fan uh, of the Sabres. Though he's he's actually. Very, very. He's like hockey smart guy. So yeah, we we don't need to worry. We don't need to tag him with a fan thing. So no, I am a fan. Guy who, I am a fan. But you, yeah, you're a fan, but you're also more than that, Steve. So I just want to give you that plug. But well, yeah, I wasn't no, offended I, by that. I am a fan. Yeah, okay. I go to the well, game in a jersey when I go and cheer for them. Mike goes but, and yeah, no, sits but, in the press box. The, and the fact is, can't Mike, cheer. Mike, I know exactly what Mike's position is because I've done that for 25 years myself. It's, it's like. You know, the fans are so mad at, at the team that the writer is going to get some of that a lot. I was the only guy who really covered the Avalanche for for years. Uh, Rocky Mountain News went out of business here in 2009, and I was it. You know, and I was basically the only guy who covered the team for a few years for the Post. And uh, yeah, it kind of sucked because you know you're either going to get the shit kicked out of you by the fans, or you're going to think you know you're going to get. Everybody loves what you write because they're winners. So it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, winning, winning is the best marketing plan. Is the bottom line when it comes to everything, pretty much. Uh, well, and the funny know. part is, people forget that you know they, they they accuse they shoot the messenger a lot. They've been in yeah. the messenger mode for a while. And in 2007, you know, during these playoffs series, Adrian, you know, always these yeah. little side stories develop <laughs> that become this big maelstrom. During the Eastern Conference Final, one of the little side controversies between the Sabres and Ottawa. That develop is why is the Buffalo News such a bunch of homers? Yeah, I mean, yeah. imagine that now. How funny yeah. that sounds! But that was a big story oh, in yeah. 2007. Oh, 
Oh, listen, it's in my book I wrote about the Avalanche-Red Wing rivalry. I mean, I wrote a whole chapter about how um, it was just a war between us and the Red Wing media and Detroit, Detroit Free Press, Detroit News. So we, all, we both accused each other of being homers, and so did the fans. And yet, right. two years later, I'm being, like, given death threats by Az fans for being too hard on them, and Pierre Lacroix was trying to, uh, literally trying to freeze me out of the locker room. So, yeah. I have great yeah, respect. You know, I have great respect. Great respect for the Buffalo News. I don't think they're homers, and I don't think they're against the team. I think Mike does a great job covering the team. But I do think that Mike is very smart, and he's very – I don't know why I'm saying, Mike, like you're not on the phone with me. Uh, but I do think, Mike, that you, are, <laughs> that you are very smart and that you do intentionally form your, your, your talking points uh, to something that will result in tweets and clicks and sell paper. That's your job, isn't it? No. I, first of all, the tweet is not at all. First of all, the tweet thing, we get nothing off Twitter. There's no monetary benefit to well, Twitter at all. except for every single person on Twitter doesn't have any more free articles left because they all click well, the, the links the, in your tweets prob- to read the articles, right? Some, you know, so It probably is some benefit, Mike. Uh, Absolutely. The, the, clicks, the clicks, clicks that you go to your site. Probably yeah, but that's all. Kind of but record. I mean, but people, but to say, but here's the thing, Steve, is that I'm paid as a columnist to have my opinions. I, I, I'm just putting my opinions there. That's what I'm paid to do. I'm not formulating a story. I mean, I'm paid to have my opinions. My and the thing is, I think you would agree that the one that you would say about me, and anybody who disagrees could say this: I don't waffle. No, no, you you give waffle. your you. Like I said, I don't have any problem with the job that you do. <laughs> yeah, I've said that from the so, beginning. I mean, that's the thing. That I'm not I'm not creating a template to generate anything. I'm just putting my opinion there. I mean, that's what I do. That's what I'm paid to do. I mean, I don't know what the reaction is going to be. I mean, you know, I don't know. There are times when you say something in a column or on Twitter and people love you for it and you don't expect it. And there are times you say something that you think is completely innocuous and it starts a firestorm and you don't expect it. You know, I mean, I'm not intentionally saying anything. I'm just saying my opinion, whatever it is. Well, my opinion is is that Jack Eichel is money and Sam Reinhardt isn't. Because if Sam Reinhardt was money, we'd all be talking a lot more about what a disaster he is. That well, doesn't isn't get... this interesting coming up? I mean, I think this is really, this is really a seminal moment for Sam Reinhardt now. I thought he was going to the press box. I thought they were going to sit him out. They'd cut him, cut him down 11 minutes the last game. He had a nine-minute game in Denver. I'm thinking, all right, it's time for Sam Reinhardt to be in the press box. And I think there was some school of thought of that. And now here we go. Housley went the other way. Right. There really only were two options here. One was the press box, or the other one was you got to put him back with Eichel and see if it gets him going. On the fourth line. They decided, <laughs> Joe, yeah, they decided to put him back with Eichel. They decided to. Put, I ignored it. Right. They decided to put him back with Eichel, and right. and let's see what happens now. They're either going to get him going, or he's going to do nothing, and they're going to have to put him in the press box, which is going to further depress any value he has if they want to deal him. I don't know what you do with Sam Reinhardt at this point. I mean, for all my discussion of Eichel, let's not forget her. Sam Reinhardt's got five goals. He's on a twelve goal pace, and this is a former number two overall pick. I mean, he's getting into David Leguan territory here, guys. Yeah, he's you know. a total bust, a total disaster. And Leguan was actually Leguan actually had a pretty good career. I'm thinking more like uh, you know, yeah, he played uh, 17 years that, in the league. He just didn't that play as an offensive player. Yeah, David Leguan is probably the wrong guy here, but even though he, yeah, I mean Alexander Degg was a first pick, so we can't say him, right? 
Yeah, who was that guy from the Rangers who was like Peter? Some, some Rangers had a lot of bad picks, but yeah, there was some guy like number two. The Rangers uh, were the uh, only what about one. Number two, obviously, you're looking for scoring, you know. But Reinhardt, I mean, Jack Eichel isn't having a great year, but you see him trending upward. To say he's regressed, you're still 35 <laughs> games in. Sam Reinhardt has regressed badly. And, and what about my man Ryan? Are we going to talk a little bit about Reinhardt? Yeah, we'll get to O'Reilly in a second. Let's let's finish Reinhardt, and then we'll get to O'Reilly. Reinhardt. I mean, Reinhardt, Reinhardt, the one problem is, and Bucky Gleason was one who was on this when Reinhardt was a rookie, was his skating ability isn't there, you know, and he is slow, and and this is a problem. This league is getting faster, so it fits where Jack Eichel is. Sam Reinhardt isn't fitting in this league, and O'Reilly and Kyle Ocposo are not fitting in this league right now, and that's a big problem. If Sam Reinhardt can't play in this league at this pace, he's not going to score. He's not going to get down low. I mean, he when he gets down low and he's by the net, he does create chances. He, you know, that's one of the issues in the power play. It worked last year because Sam Reinhardt parked in front of the net, and they stopped doing that. Right, and Molson too. This to me is, yeah, this to me, this is near the end of last chances for Sam Reinhardt right now, starting tomorrow night with Eichel. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I, I tell you, I've talked to Sam Reinhardt twice in the last three or four days. I've liked, I've liked the attitude. Okay. I, he seems like he has his head on. His, he seems like he has his head on straight and understands that he's really up against it and better start doing something. I've liked the attitude. I've liked the way he has stood there and he's taken the bullets and he's looked me right in the eye and said what he said. I've liked it a lot, but I want to see some results on the ice. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think like again, I said we'd agree on almost everything, and this is one of those spots where I mean, look at that was that that was the first time the Sabers lost the lottery, right? And uh, and and they could have picked any forward in the world that was eligible for that draft because obviously Ekblad was the first pick. So GMTM had his choice of all the forwards in the world, and he it looks to me like he picked now the box. You bust. look at that draft; it was a bad, it was a pretty crummy draft, though. Are you I saying Drysaitel is just a product of McDavid, or are we thinking Drysaitel was very good? I don't know. You know, I think we're going to need another year to figure that out. Okay. You know, I think he was really trending upward that year, that weekend in Philly. But I just think they had focused for weeks on Reinhardt, and they weren't going to take a guy, even though he had been in the Western League, a guy from Germany. um, They weren't going to take, you know, it's revisionist to say they should have taken Pasternak because Pasternak lasted way down wherever he Right. No, it was was Reinhardt. It was a bad draft. Yeah, Reinhardt, Dreisaitl, or Bennett was basically the choice. Yeah, and I mean, they weren't going to take Bennett, and that was Reinhardt's been better than Bennett for the most part. Dreisaitl has, is, is similar to Eichel this year. I think Dreisaitl has no goals in the power player one, two. You know, I mean, Edmonton's regressed for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons is Dreisaitl hasn't been nearly as good. And neither has McDavid. Um, hasn't been as good. Uh, um, he has not sure, been no. as good. He has not been, he has not been anywhere near the MVP of this league. He, well, he's not near the MVP. He's also not, you know... 40, 45th All I said is he hasn't been as good. That's it, and he has not been as good. All right, uh, let's let's. He has not been the hard the hard trophy winner, right? Let's move on to uh, O'Reilly, Mike. We talk about this on the show a lot, just because we got a Buffalo and a Colorado guy hosting it, and we always try to play this who won the trade, and I still have no idea. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't miss any of the players they traded away, and I'm not any happier about the team with Ryan O'Reilly on it. Um, at times he's yeah, been. I don't. I don't. I, I don't mind. I don't really necessarily mind that trade. I mean, obviously Gregoranko and Zadorov. We know what they are. Um, the one thing that's happening 
is that everybody, you know, J.T. Comfer, you know, J.T. Comfer is going to be a third or fourth line guy. But what people are forgetting here is the Sabres have no forward depth. They don't have a bottom six. J.T. Comfer would look pretty good on the Sabres' bottom six right now. They're going to need a bottom six if they ever want to get good. Yeah. Um, Let me jump in anytime on this one. Yeah, go ahead, Adrian. Go ahead. What do you think? Uh, uh, well, first of all, Z. Big Z was... We're all we're all back on the big Z train. Yeah, well, you go on and off every other game. One day he's scratched, true. and the next we do jump on and off. Yeah, we're back on. He uh, shut down Sidney Crosby Monday night in Denver with uh, five on five minutes. It was absolutely dominant against him, and he was a great player in this game. So you kind of tantalize a little bit. So so to say we know what Z is already. I, no, I don't think so. I even I'm getting fooled by the kid sometimes because he does tease you with this great talent. But forget about him. Uh, Confer is better than a third line or fourth line player. He's a second line guy. He's mm. he's not if you want to he's win. He's not going to be on your second the, line. He's a second line guy for the Avalanche. Yeah, he's no, he's, he's, yeah. he is. I will say this firmly on the record for posterity, now and forever. He is another. He's like a almost a Chris Jury type of guy. Oh, he is going to be that get good. Out of here. Yep. Okay. Nope, nope. He's that good. All right. He's that good. Okay. He is. He doesn't have the numbers right now, but he has all the skills and the and the heart and the and the drive and the and the prove it harder, try harder mentality that Jury had. Uh, well, he, if he's he, as good he as Chris Jury, the Sabres lost the trade. Then. Fifty. He could have fifteen goals this year. He has a breakaway every single game. He steals the puck from a guy and goes in on a breakaway every game. He just needs to. Finish breakaways better, and he'll be like a top top ten scorer in this. Uh, hey, Mike. Conference. Mike, who's the fan in this discussion here? When did when did Adrian no, become no, the no. fan? I'm, I'm 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 all on JT Confer train. I might yes, I might sound a little little. All right, the O'Reilly, but the, the most interesting thing in the trade continues to be O'Reilly. Right. Continues to be O'Reilly because he's the right, seven million dollar guy. In the O'Reilly trade. has is. The problem O'Reilly has is that Sabres basically paid him the big deal when they made the trade, and they paid him when they were competing with no one at that price. And now you're stuck with Ryan O'Reilly at $7.5 million. And what do you do at $7.5 million? All right, he, I think he's still leading the league in faceoff percentage. He's been dynamite in the circle most of this year. I'm actually looking it up right now. And how many tickets do you sell? How many tickets do you sell on faceoff winners? Well, that's right? the problem. I mean, because here we go back again to my other point. He's played 34. Your $7.5 million guy, Steve, mm-hmm. has played 34 games, has eight goals, and I am not uh, repeating, so there's no confusion here. I am not a big plus-minus guy. Ryan O'Reilly is minus 18. I am a bigger plus-minus guy when it's very good or very bad because that does show something when there's extremes. And if your $7.5 million two-way center is minus 18, that's a real problem. Yeah, I, 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 every time I talk to a Colorado management person, which is only three or four people, every time I bring up the name Ryan O'Reilly, they go, 7.5 million every time. That's what they say here. Yeah, he uh, hasn't earned the money. He hasn't been good enough. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, but and, that and said, and I'm, I'm a huge Ryan O'Reilly fan, though, because I really thought he was the best player on the Avalanche in the year they made the playoffs last time, 2013-14. Um, 
I was amazed at his defensive abilities at times and the way he was engaged two-way. And um, he he was, I thought he, he was my favorite player in the league almost for a couple of years. The way he hustled and the way he did things. I just wonder if the damn money kind of screwed everything up for him in a way. You know, yeah, and they Steve, gave him and a Steve, different... Yeah, you'd agree with this, Steve. I mean, this is like Eichel. This is O'Reilly's third year. Wouldn't you say this is easily O'Reilly's worst year of the three, isn't it? Easily. Yep, easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to figure. A lot of these guys wanted Bilesma out, and it's really showing that it's not. It wasn't Bilesma's fault. I mean, they got Bilesma out of here, and a lot of these guys are, have been terrible. Right. I think the problem um, is just they don't have enough good players. No, I mean. I mean, they have a $69 million payroll, you know. Right, but the problem I mean, is yeah, so. those guys – I mean, Kyle Ocposo is not good. Like like I said, I don't really care about the money. Like, my problem with Ryan O'Reilly is not that – Listen, money. hold on. My problem is not that he makes $7.5 million. My problem is that he hasn't been good enough for the role I want him to fill, and that's the second-line center. If he was being good enough, the, the contract wouldn't matter. So I'm more disappointed that he just hasn't been good enough. Like, that's what bothers me. Because he's not good enough, the contract matters because it's very difficult to get rid of him if you want to trade him, and it's tough to get other players to fill your roster if you've paid $6 million on the cap to Pozo and and 7.5 to Ryan O'Reilly, and you're not getting production out of him. That's why it's important. I mean, in next year, when you're paying $10 million to Eichel, I mean, this team is the issue. With the, one of the issues of this team is they are set up cap wise as if they're a playoff team, and they're terrible. And everybody expects Jason Botterill to be the magic elixir here, and he's going to do all these things. This is not the NFL where you can just dump contracts and move on. You're stuck. What is he going to do? If, if Botterill wants to get rid of Ryan O'Reilly, what's he going to do? He can't get rid of a post, so that guy's got a no trade clause. They have a lot of issues here because. They have given up a lot of money to guys who haven't produced. They haven't made the playoffs, and they're really stuck in a lot of ways, and it's going to be hard to rebuild this team. Mike, wouldn't you think that if there's a spot for Akpozo to go play, I mean, this you have to assume someone would want him, but, I mean, he would go to a contending team, wouldn't he? I mean, why would he not want to be traded? Isn't the issue that no one would want to trade well, for I mean, him? When he, when, he signed his, when he signed his deal, he got a no-movement clause, so my sense is that... You know, the, the players don't just give that up willy-nilly. Right. Well, of course he wouldn't give it up to go play for the Atlanta Thrashers, but he's going to give it up if he's got a chance to go play for any kind of reasonable opportunity to Stanley Cup or something like that. I mean, he's still a hockey right, player, right? What team, what, what, well, that's, like, that's what the issue. No one will him want him. Right, right, that's the issue. Not what that team, he has... What team's going to want him? It's it's $6 million playing the way he is with four, five more years on his deal, whatever it is. That's right. the problem. And Hopefully again, the issue is the playing, is that he's not playing good enough. Right. So nobody's going to want him if you want to trade him to get rid of his salary off the cap. Right. Nobody's taking it. Again, the issue I don't think is the no trade. It's that no one would want to trade for him. Right. He, right. I mean, and that's a problem. Yeah, that's it's a, a big problem. problem. The big problem right. is they've and, uh, missed on right. so many players. Well, they've missed. Well, the contract. They miss and miss and miss and miss. Nobody. This last year of his deal, it'd be easy to trade. Oh, I didn't hear anyone complaining about Kyle Pozo when they signed for him. Really, everyone thought it was a pretty good signing. Right, he had three thirty goal seasons. Everyone thought it was a good signing. 
Yeah, playing with John Tavares. I mean, okay. Yeah, right. no, I thought he'd be better than this. That's for sure. Sure. Right. The the problem. No one thought it was a bad signing. So I have a hard time criticizing the signing. We all thought it was a great idea. The problem has uh, been I this guy's playing. I'm criticizing the player. Right. Yeah, I'm criticizing. The, I I would rather stick to criticizing the play, where you guys seem to really love to criticize the pay. You have the pay for both of these guys would be fine if they were playing better. You have to criticize the money because the money impacts the team's ability to shift going forward. That's right. Well, the big, the biggest to. problem is who they've given the money to, who they've drafted, the trades that they've made, the capital they had. They had all the capital in place when they drafted Jack Eichel to build a good team around him, and they just missed and missed and missed and missed. That's it. And he hasn't been good enough. And he hasn't well, been good he's enough. been good enough the whole time except for 30 games. So how many has no, he played? He you love to say how many he's – we gave him an A-plus and an A-minus in his first two seasons and agreed on yeah. it. Been, but, I mean, he, did he impact the team winning? He's been – he was pretty good. He, got, he didn't impact the team winning. Well, you said he did the first year. You, what would, you said it was a 28% <clears throat> increase. It's the first thing you yeah, cited. Well, of course, it's not tough. It's not tough to go from 54 points to 81. Okay, well, now you're guilty of wanting to have it both ways this time. If I was guilty before, you're guilty of it now. I mean, no, I, mean I think he's he, he going to get through. Think about this. If I had said this to you in 2015 when they drafted Eichel, I said, Steve, they're going to get Eichel. He's going to go through his entire entry-level contract, and they're not going to make the playoffs. You would have laughed in my face. You would have laughed in my face. I would have thought they would have at least made it one time. I wouldn't have thought right. they would have made it the first year. And I would have thought they'd be 50-50 the second year, definitely make it the third year. No? I mean, that you'd have Eichel three years on his entry-level deal and not make the playoffs. Inconceivable. Right, I would have thought they would have made it at least once. The goaltender's been fine, though. Leonard's fine. Come on. He's fine. Adrian, check this out. Yeah, he's fine. Leonard, Leonard is leading the league. Check this out now. Leonard's leading the league in goals against average. At home, and he's tied for the league lead in save percentage at home. Well, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, they they've well, scored they've scored zero or one goal in ten games that Leonard has started this yeah. year. All right, I take that back. I I, I I you know that's what that's about hot that's hockey for you. You know you don't take yeah. the last ten games. Sometimes you fall behind. Yeah, I, I just I'm thinking of the early season Leonard that I. No, no, um, he's been he's been fine. He's, there's no. There's, yeah. Chad Johnson has not been fine. Right? Oh, Chad he's a, yeah, disaster. Yeah, he's, he's been terrible. But I mean, Leonard, Leonard just should be suing for non-support. It's it's just been, it's gotten ridiculous. He's four times <sighs> November twenty second. Leonard's been in goal. They've been shut out. All right, one or four two times since November twenty second. One or two more things, Mike, and then we'll let you go. Let's look at the depth of the organization for a second. Um. Everyone is pretty unanimously excited about the defenseman, the twenty uh, Gooley in Rochester. Um, you know, high expectations there. Excited about him. That's a, a, a positive. I love Casey Middlestat. I loved. I thought he was the best player in the draft last year. I've been following him. I followed his high school career, his USHL career, uh, and he's doing. He's he's having a great season as a Gopher. Beyond those two, I, I I have a hard time being all that excited about anyone else. Is there anyone yeah, else? I mean, that's a great. They got a great break on Middlestat. I cannot imagine how Middlestat was number eight in the draft. That's just insane to me. Yeah, I never Sabres dreamed it was anything. possible. I never thought no, it was possible. No, they benefited yeah. from a lot, a lot of stupidity of other teams there. Um, 
that and Gula are certainly going to help them. Nobody knows about Nylander. We're still ruling the fact they didn't take Sergachev with that pick. Right. And, I mean, the, the one thing you have to see is you need a, a surprise to come. Is the surprise going to be C.J. Smith? He's been great in Rochester, but is he going to be basically that, you know, AHL star player who doesn't do much when he gets his call someday? Right, a 4A guy. going to be a guy who – yeah, he's going to be the 4A guy, or is he going to be the guy who surprises you and develops and becomes an NHL player? I think, you know, we've seen the prospects. We've seen the Baileys and Baptistes and Fashings and how much they can and can't do. And we're going to have to see about Nylander and C.J. Smith. I don't think there's any question Gooley's a 20-minute-a-game defenseman and a standout. I don't think there's any question Middlestat's going to be a standout, whether that's next year or two years from now. Um but they need more. And, I mean, Botterill's first draft was encouraging. He's going to need to do more this year, and we'll see. I mean, it looks like they're going to get another top five pick, you would think. Um, um, be a great really other, be a great year to finally win that lottery. Dallin is one hell of a defenseman. Yeah, I mean, you know, that would be kind of some incredible irony after two years of tanking right. if they end up being terrible and win the lottery in a year where they clearly weren't tanking. It would be some really delicious irony to that, wouldn't there? I'd sign up for that. I was hoping for a delicious irony last year and the year before. Hasn't been much delicious yeah, I mean, irony. There's no question. That, there's no question. The last two years, they've been trying to win and failing. Right. You know. So, it's, you know, in middle stats, that, that's the kind of thing that happens. And when I say people say, "What do you want them to do?" and I always say, "I want you to draft and develop properly." You know, I want you to get PK Subban and Patrice Bergeron in the second round, or I want you to get a future star. In the first round, at number eight, that's what teams do. That's how teams do it in a lot of ways. And that's the first step is getting a guy like Middlestad at number eight is what you do. Now, a lot of other teams screwed up, and he was still there. But Jason Botterill made sure when the pick came at number eight that he took him. Made no so mistake. That's what yeah. you need to do to get out of the rut, uh, out of the rut you're in. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was watching that play out, you know, and every time it's like, all right, he's gonna go now. You know, this is the spot for him. This it's, I felt like I said it five times, and then suddenly it's like, come on, pick it. The same thing happened to my my football team, the Saints, this year with Marshawn Lattimore. Never woke up that day dreaming right. they would Keep pick him mind. at eleven. You know, never believed. Keep it. in mind, Middlestat was on Middlestat was on the, the Stanley Cup final group, and he was yep. among the group before they brought to Wrigley Field to throw out the first pitch. So the league and Central Scout they had him pegged as a top four guy. Right. Yeah, what a break! That's a huge. That's a huge break. I mean, that's unbelievably great for the team. I think. I mean, obviously, it could still go the other way, but I mean, he's been about a point a game play. I've watched him several times this year with Minnesota, and I'm I'm really excited to watch him with the World Junior Team this week. Really excited about that. So, yeah, I mean, he could be your in two year in two years. I could see your not your top two centers are Eichel and Milstead. You know, and whether O'Reilly's still here or O'Reilly could be your number three center, and you know, they have a much di- different team. Absolutely. Adrian, anything else you want us to hit on? No, I want to echo on the middle stat thing. We were hearing about him at number four. And, uh, well, of course, the Avalanche had the worst team in 20 years. And, of course, they've got the number four pick uh, because they're the Avalanche. But I remember hearing, having to do stories about middle stat, like this could be a viable guy. And even, even in the top three, I was hearing. So I can't yeah. believe he made it to number eight either. Uh, the Avalanche ended up being really happy with the guy. They they think they stole the draft. Of course, every team 
since they stole it. That will never change in sports. Uh, they got Kale McCarr at number four, this puck-rushing defenseman who they they truly think is going to be like the next Eric Carlson here. We'll see about that. But he is on the World Junior uh, Canada team right now. Uh, yeah. But, uh, no, good Great podcast, guys. I just had to sit back and listen to most of that. I mean, if Sabre fans cannot uh, get their money's worth out of this podcast, then, uh, then then they never will. That was that was good Sabres talk. And uh, so, Mike, thanks as always for coming on. Uh, you did great work here, and I hope to be in Buffalo when the Avs come up there or whenever. February. I in a couple months. But, yeah, uh, February. I know. We only, I think we only get like one night. I mean, I think it's like a second of a bag-to-bag or some stupid thing like that. They have stupid schedules here. So I don't get my normal night off in Buffalo that I, that I require when I'm there because I like to go to the restaurants <laughs> in Amherst. I like to go to the Falls. So uh, I love Buffalo, but I uh, don't think we get much time there either way. But I hope to be up there. Mike, let me, let me right. send you out on this. The season ends. Obviously, the Sabres aren't making the playoffs, but it's April. The season ends, and you tweet, Yes, I was down on Eichel at Christmas, but wow, what a second half. Um, I, 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 I was hard on him, but wow. What, what, what would the numbers be for that? To, for that you know, how, what, what does he need to do to gain the seal the of numbers, approval? Steve. No, it is, it is about the well, numbers. I mean, That's all we've talked about yeah, the whole I mean, time. And like I said earlier, he's definitely trending upward. But, I mean, if you want me to at the end of the season say, wow, pulled out and had a good year, you know, right now you're looking at he's at 11, 17, 28. I mean, I'm going to need to see, you know, 30 goals and 70 points. And then I'll say, wow, at the end of the year. That was really a good last 50 games. All right. 19 because goals in like 50 said, games I'm, is not crazy. That's not crazy. I, no, it's not crazy. And I've, I've liked the last – I've liked Eichel's last six, seven games, really since, you know, since we went to Colorado, actually. Uh, that was in Chicago and <laughs> St. Louis. You know, I, since that road trip, I thought Eichel started playing a, a lot better, and I, I, he's been pretty good lately. He's definitely trending upward. We'll see if the puck starts going in. But, I mean, he cannot be an 18, 19 goal guy. He's got to be in that 30, 33 range. And he's got to be a 70. He's not going to be a point-of-game player this year, I don't think. Maybe he could be, but he's got to be in that 70, 75 point range this year. That's fair. I, I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, when was the last time you seen a Buffalo Sabre? It's hard to say dominate a game because I guess they did lose it in overtime. And he kind of got in the way on that shot. But when was the last time you seen a player, a Sabre player play at the level Jack Eichel played in that Carolina game? Well, I mean, I don't know. You know, he played well, but obviously he was at another level that stretch in the, in the third. But, you know, we need to see more of that, you know. And he he was really good, and the Carolina gave him too much room, and he took advantage. But I think Jack needs to seize it more. When he when he gets moving on the ice, he's got to go for it. And I think that there was a certain mentality and a certain look and a certain swagger that he had in that game. We saw at times the previous two years. We haven't seen much this year, and he had to love it. And, like I say, it was it was coming. I, if you remember, I tweeted during that game. Yep, yes, you did. I sent yep. I, I sense an Eichel goal coming here, and about two minutes later was when he got the first one. Right, because he, he was everywhere. Was I mean, he was going. everywhere. He was going that yeah. night for sure. Steve, right. I have an answer. Gil, yeah, Gilbert Perrault, nineteen seventy-five. <laughs> really, it's been that long. Oh my! I didn't even get to see. Well, finally, I got to see it. I guess not in my lifetime. Well, and don't yeah. forget McGill. Don't forget McGillney and Lafayette too. Oh no, I I knew. <laughs> I was actually talking to my brothers about this yesterday, about that 76-goal season. Every time you were in the building and McGillney got the puck in the neutral uh, zone, 
everyone stood up practically. I mean, it was like I heard McGillney. I heard McGillney retired five years earlier than he wanted to because he couldn't couldn't just couldn't take the flying anymore. You ever heard that, Mike? Well, that was a big controversy early on in his career that yeah. he hated flying, and there was you know a famous situation Russian where he mob stuff. Took a, took, he took what he took a car to New York City. You know, for yep. a game, and that, they were concerned. There was a lot of things going on there in the background, but the, the, the fear of flying thing was real. People who were on the plane at the time told me he was. Yeah, I know. He he all. retired when he was still a pretty good player, but I I was told that he just he had another bumpy flight when he was like a, a member of the Devils, I think, or uh, might have been was it Toronto? I don't know. But uh, that was it. He 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 should he could have still you know he could have been a a 600 goal guy in the league if he'd played a normal NHL career without the Russia thing and the plane thing. He was that great. He wore a wire to chefs, right? To take what? The, he wore a wire for the FBI at a dinner at chefs. There was some kind of Oh, I don't know that part. I don't know, maybe that's just folklore, <laughs> you know, stories grow and grow over the years. But I you know, I heard he he was, he was afraid of flying because of uh he thought the Russian mob was going to shoot him out of the sky. That, that I had heard there's a lot of crazy stories about that back in the day. No yeah. Doubt about it. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was no Burry, though. He was great, but he was no Pavel Burry. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, right, Mike. Been a Thank you so much, Mike. All right. Take See care. You Well, that was fun. I think I won. Yeah. Clearly, I won. But um, well. I, <laughs> I enjoyed debating with Mike. Uh, look at Mike. I told you this before we got him on the line. Mike is great at what he does. We're lucky to have him in Buffalo. He's one of the best hockey writers in the country, for sure. Um, so we're lucky to have him here, and I respect him. Uh, but I also I said it to him when he was here that I think he's a very smart guy, and I do think that he frames his coverage and his opinions um, for the best outcome for his paper. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Well, first of all, there's always an element of like, especially in 2017, like, hey, we need a we need an audience for what we're doing. We can't just be a, a newspaper monopoly anymore, and you know, everybody has no choice but to read what we're doing. But uh, I doubt Mike is trying to game click clickbait or anything like that. No, I think he's uh see clickbait. I think he's just a guy like me who when you cover a bad team you just like you're just gonna be really hard on him and, and that's what I always was. I mean I've been accused of being a homer and a, a just an a hole by Avs fans my whole life. Um uh, when they win they everybody loves you. When they lose you're gonna write that they suck. Some guys have a little sharper needle a knife than the other people and I think you know, me and Mike are those two kind of writers, so you know, sometimes you gotta get that more visceral reaction from fans that are really true fans that don't want to hear that much of criticism about their boys. See the thing but, is uh, is there's no doubt they suck. Uh the thing is is that he is fo- so, he is focusing and framing why they suck on but, the most you know yeah, I don't even want to call it well, well, framing and it's like clickbait's become a dirty word, so I'm not accusing him of that. What I'm saying is is that he's very smart and he knows 
what people will read. Like I said, Jack okay. Jack Eichel is money. Sam Reinhardt is not. And if we were having, like, if we were going to honestly hound a guy who's underperforming yeah, but- and costing this team wins, it's Sam Reinhardt. Sam Reinhardt was the second okay, overall right, pick, but, and he but he ten, does nothing, to, nothing. Hand, though, how much money is Sam Reinhardt making, and how much is Eichel making? Eichel's making nine hundred and fifty thousand. Well, come on, his real salary is ten million. Starting no, it's year. not his real salary. His real salary is what he gets in the check. You can call. You can make the ten million dollar argument next year. All right, whatever. He's he signed a huge contract extension. They're both. Um, they're Sam both. He, the reason Jack Eichel got the extension and Sam Reinhardt hasn't is because of how j- great Jack Eichel was his first two years. Well, I mean, Mike uh, loves to focus on thirty games when he's played almost two hundred. I mean, we both agreed at the top of that. By the way, we can remi- rewind the tape that his first two seasons were no worse than A minus or B plus. So he's, yeah. we both gave him a strong A on the first season. And I wanted to go B plus, and Mike kind of said he thought it was better than that. So, all this criticism is based on thirty games then that they've played this year. Yeah, just we're talking about this year. We're talking about this year, not last year or the, in the past. And uh, somebody's gonna have to get the blame for this year now. Well, that's the wrong. Or... That's just the wrong guy. I, I could find so it, many it, other guys. I don't think Mike ever said that it's all like it's. No, but if if. And I'm cu- I'm I'm jumping in because you're you fading out. If you read him on a consistent basis, that's what he would lead you to believe because that's what he focuses on all the time, and he does that because Jack Eichel is money. He, he just is. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he made his points, and you made your points, and uh, you know I I don't know if I'd be able to grade the debate so much. No, it was fine. He go. got me. He got me a couple times, and I thought I got him a couple times. But I. Uh... Yeah, I, mean, I thought you guys had some good points. I mean, look, Eichel's not the problem in Buffalo. He hasn't been the solution either. I think that's what you would call this headline of the podcast in a way, what's going on in Buffalo. Uh, but he will be the but solution. we all know he's not the problem. Yes, yeah, so I think overall, I think it was it was a fun time. Thanks a lot to Mike for doing this. We really appreciate it. I'm excited to have Adrian battle it out with someone on Avalanche points. We have to find out who your true, uh, I guess, Ying is to your Yang and Avalanche news. Be fun if we. Well, it used to be, used to be Paul Staffney. I would have had that conversation with a lot of fans. Pretty yeah, it's the same thing. But uh, he's gone. I could probably have it with. I, I would have had it with Matt Duchesne. Right? Is Landis Landis Gog a big uh, discussion there? The captain? Yeah, no, 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 I can't. I couldn't really get on at Landis Gog. Well, uh, they're not a playoff team, so clearly there'll be a lot to debate one way or another. We'll we'll figure it out. But, but they're a winning team right now. They're uh, sixteen, fifteen, and and uh, two, Steve. So and, and what uh, does that get them? Hey, it gets them. It gets them a spot. A playoff spot. Gets them a spot in the lottery is what it gets them. Hey, no, no, the four points out of a spot. They've got a lot of home games upcoming. Don't don't be shocked by this team. I this hope they team make. Is not that bad. I hope they make the playoffs. Got, I do. Got, but. They've got two starting players that they got from the, the Sabres trade. Nikita Zadorov, JT Comfer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. All right. I don't have time for trolling. Um, <laughs> so if we're just going to do that, i got to wind it down. With that said, it is December 21st, which means pretty soon it's going to be December 25th. So, Adrian, I hope you have a good holiday. Yeah, you too, bud. Merry Christmas. A happy new Merry year. Christmas. 
Merry Christmas to all our listeners. And uh, more shows in 2018. We promise more shows next year. Yeah, more shows and uh, God, I hope for a Patriots Saints Super Bowl. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be really fun. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I hope for a Saints versus anyone Super Bowl. Could happen. Yeah, absolutely. The Brandon I mean, Brandon Cooks say, revenge game, right? Wouldn't you say that Brady and Breeze are the two best quarterbacks in the league right now? Today, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, this could happen. So yeah, let's do it. We we will have to have like a special podcast if that happens. I I go back to the I'm not as big a fan as I was back then, so. And I know you're a Saints fan, so. All right, Adrian, you and your family have a great, uh, great New Year. Right. Thanks to all the listeners for sticking with us. I know the shows have been spotty, but things calm down after the holidays, and we'll get into mid-season form, and we'll do more shows. So, thanks to everyone, Adrian. You got anything you want to plug before we go? Merry Christmas, everybody. All right, now.